0: Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we have conversations about what we can learn from what's going on in our lives. My name is Robbie Angle, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace. Most of us get stuck in our relationships with God and others, and we end up wondering, is this really all there is to it? At True we develop grace-based relational discipleship resources, equipping you to get unstuck, to experience deeper relationships with God and others, equipping a growing group of men and women with a toolbox of teaching and experiences to help you be a part of this movement of grace. And today, I want to share with you some stuff I've been thinking about in regards to spiritual formation, stage theory, kind of the progression that a lot of us go through as we mature in this way of following Jesus. And I've always had a a fascination with principles and patterns, whether it was. Diving into the study of sociology, or under, which is understanding people and cultures or macroeconomics, deciphering patterns on a broader scale, I love zooming out to see the bigger picture. This approach has helped me gain some clarity on where I stand personally but also increase my discernment and wisdom about my next steps or what's ahead of me. And one of the patterns I, I love more than any is learning about the stages of spiritual growth or formation. Another way to think about this is if we were to line up a 100 men and women, sages who in, in the, were in their 80s and 90s who had loved Jesus deeply and continued to grow spiritually throughout most of their lives— what patterns or commonalities would we find? What were some of the progressions from when they were younger to middle age to older age? We would, we would learn some things out of that case study of 100 people. And don't hear me wrong. I know that spiritual maturity doesn't follow a linear path for any of us. However, I am convinced that we would be able to learn something from the patterns and the lives and journeys of those hypothetical 100 people who are older than us. St. Teresa of Avila, for instance, is a renowned thinker. I don't know if I said her name right, but she talks a lot about this in in that realm with a lot of her work captured in the modern book, Mansions of the Heart, which was a great read. And there's a a wealth of literature uh, on stage theory and understanding the stages of spiritual formation. And I've got a chart on my desktop that compares about a half a dozen of them. And I was trying to synthesize this, and I was sharing it with somebody recently, and I thought it just might be helpful to talk about our conversation with y'all. So since I don't have a whiteboard here, I need y'all to use your imagination. Picture us sketching this basic thing out on a napkin, and imagine a basic mountain, just drawing a mountain with uh, an ascent and a descent. We start at the bottom left, and... That's where we are as a Christian, which when we become a Christian, that that bottom of the mountain before we start this journey of following Jesus, that signifies our salvation. This is where we stand in humility, at the bottom of ourselves, at the bottom of this thing, recognizing our need for Jesus to forgive our sins. And it's in this moment in our surrender that we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior to make right what was broken and be redeemed with the Father. And naturally, a lot of us then whether it was last week or when we were 12 years old, our natural response is, okay, now I'm a Christian, so I want to follow Jesus. So we begin to learn what that looks like. We figure out how to have quiet times, read the Bible, focus on obedience and sinning less. Uh, This is where we go burn our CDs for those of us in the 90s that were like, Guns and Roses and stuff, or maybe it was just me, what I was supposed to do, but I never burned it. But this is the, like, for God life, right? Where religion really does provide us a framework to understand how we live and how we grow as Christians. And this this part of the journey for a lot of us feels like we're hiking up a mountain, moving towards... We're, we're, we're moving towards something beautiful. We're, we're going higher. Um, maybe that's heaven or peace or freedom or joy or th- just the promises that seem so close and promised to us as Christians yet so far away. It's, it's awesome being a Christian on this journey, and it, it does require effort and work, but it's fulfilling, right? We're doing better, we're learning, we're, we're getting our ducks in a row, we're serving more, giving more, doing all the things that we do as Christians. It takes some effort, but it's it's fulfilling. And a, a lot of Christians, probably most Christians I know, really never um, make it past this climbing side of the mountain. Uh, Without any judgment, just evaluation of the struggle and the process, I think this is what a lot of us, the only thing we knew of what Christianity looked like. And a lot of us get tired, and we settle in, and we just assume that this is as good as it gets. A lot of my peers, this is hitting us because we've been doing the church thing for 20 years, and we go, well, this is just what it is. And so we, we build systems around it and do it, do this Christian thing. However, part of what I love looking at older men and women for is that some of them seem so different, like something changed. And in, in, in studying from those ahead of us and, and from looking around, you see that a few, a, a few people experience something different. They live differently. They experience a spiritual awakening, it seems like, that it, it ends up changing everything. And this awakening for the purposes of the metaphor on the fake whiteboard in your brain is like reaching the top of the mountain. It's where we start to more deeply experience the beautiful difference between salvation, where we started and sanctification, what Jesus made possible with the spirit in us so historical writers like john Wesley c s Lewis Thomas Mern have talked about this Wesley in his in his Second Work of Grace, Lewis on Profound Experiences, Transforming Our Spiritual Outlook, uh, Richard Rohr's Second Half of Life, Spirituality of Falling Upward. The Keswick Movement in the late 1800s focused a lot on the work of the Spirit, that awakening. Uh, another great example of this teaching that I love is Hudson. Taylor's experience, and it's captured in the book Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret, which provides insight into how his understanding of God through grace changed everything for him. And this was decades into his faithful missionary work in China. This is like later in his life after he's already done amazing things, and that's in chapter 15. If you want to go check out the book Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret, I highly recommend it. Now, While there's lots of teachings and writings out there, let's oversimplify this for this quick podcast. The point I'm trying to make is that there's often a point in the spiritual journey of men and women who seem to walk with God in a loving relationship that goes beyond where religion alone might lead. And this is the top of the mountain for some Christians. After living for Jesus and being a Christian, they experience a season or a moment leading to a paradigm shift, a a grace awakening which changes everything. And this shift moves their understanding from knowing about grace and identity to a deeper more intrinsic knowing uh, or an intrinsic knowledge or experience of God and self that just is a second order change a paradigm shift. And th- this might happen in a moment and it might happen over a season of of time. But this grace awakening brings an overwhelming awareness of God's goodness, his grace and his love. It's a realization that nothing we can do will increase or decrease his love for us. It's, it's like the father from the prodigal son story, real love and cherishing us just as we are. Nothing more, nothing less. And this is sometimes, again, like a Kairos type specific moment, and sometimes just a season of deepening of faith. But this deeper understanding of grace leads to a change in how we see ourselves. Our identity. And we become awakened to who we are in light of a clear revelation of who God is. We see God through a lens of the depth of his grace and what he did, which changes how we see ourselves in acceptance of now made right with Christ in us, a new heart, new covenant theology that just that shapes how we see ourselves as new creations with new hearts. And it changes more than we initially imagined it starts seeping into our pores in a deeper way. And this vista at the top of this metaphorical mountain lets us see with greater clarity, the beautiful truths of who God is and who we are. And at the top in in this awakening to grace, it changes the journey and it has a significant impact on our worldview as we progress through life. And so it feels like we're now starting to walk more downhill. It it, it feels like you're, you know, after a hard climb, it's just, you start going, oh, is this peace? Is this freedom Uh, in my soul? It's like we're, it it just becomes a lighter following, way of following Jesus. Like we're heading downhill. And, the journey's ease—that uh, you know how we're going about—just starts feeling different as we shift from living for God to living with God. As we shift from pleasing God to trusting God, from discipline more to desire, from earning more to abiding. And as we start descending, we're still moving. We do so in more surrender, in more humility, and, and more deeper trust that comes a little bit more easily out of this different view of God and self. And we begin to read Scripture differently. We begin to read John 15 and John 17 differently, understanding the significance of abiding in, in a new light and a new understanding. And this way of grace, living into our new identities, it's beautiful, And it also comes with new tensions. And and one of those is that we wish all of our Christian friends still climbing and striving could join us in this easier, more peaceful journey that we didn't even know existed until we experienced it. We talk about grace and identity with our friends with this new level of excitement, trying to articulate the subtle nuances between the uphill and the downhill lives that we've experienced as Christians. But we realize there's not much we can tell those still on the uphill journey because the truths we now understand were once just head knowledge for us as well. We knew the stuff, we knew about grace, but we didn't know it, know it, as deeply as we do now, and that's a natural journey that God has us on, which is okay. And so I, I think the most impactful thing we can do around that tension is just to walk in freedom. Walk in trusting God and letting our, our freedom and our trust of God deep, more deeply disorient our friends who are still trying to please God through their own efforts. We naturally would trust that the fruit of the Spirit, which looks like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, will become more evident in our lives in this this awakening is a gift of the Spirit, which which looks like that fruit, bringing us to, to, to interact with our friends and the church differently. Hopefully we're more patient as well, knowing that we're right where we should be on the journey. Not ahead, not not behind, but that each progressive understanding of God's love is just another wave of his grace washing over us, giving us new insight. And that's the journey of following Jesus, just new waves of insight over the same truths with deeper awareness as we mature and we grow. And we look at the rare men and women The the narrow road who have stayed the course and finished well, who are sages, and they're much lower on that downhill path, the right side of the mountain. And I say, praise God for the beauty of their example that they have been to me, of the deeper levels of peace and freedom and trust in a loving God who is not just a concept to them, but deeply known through decades of abiding in his love. And I'm sharing the simplification of stage theory or spiritual formation to encourage y'all, hopefully, it's, this is all His grace from start to finish, and we're exactly where we should be on the journey. And there is so much more than any of us realize in regards to what He has made possible, what we have access to in this gospel of grace. And there isn't Much of a practical application I'm going to leave y'all with. However, I am praying that God uses me and this ministry as part of his kingdom work, and he uses y'all as part of his kingdom work, and that we can help draw more of his sons and daughters to a deeper life, the right side of the mountain, through an awakening of grace, seeing him as the loving father he is, and seeing themselves as cherished, loved, and liked sons and daughters of the king. So that way, our climb on the left hill, the climb up on the left hill, hopefully is shorter for more of us so that we can spend more time on the right side of the mountain, maturing into who we are as saints. This is the easier yoke. This is the peace and the freedom that he made possible as his love becomes more and more evident, as we trust him more deeply with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's my prayer for all of us listening today. And we get today to trust him more deeply, receive his love for us and what he has made possible and trust him as he is in us. So thanks for being a part of the True Face Tribe and make sure to download and check out our resources and events on the True Face Life app. Thanks, y'all.